0: This is the Hardline Sports Talk with Michael Merlo and John Michael Massiri on the SND Podcast channel.
1: Here we go. Episode 72 of the Hardline Sports Talk. I'm Michael Merlo. I'm joined by John Michael Massiri. JM, how are you doing on this fine August evening?
0: I'm doing so good, Michael. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, in a good mood. School's starting yeah. soon. The fall is coming. I love the fall season. Autumn, as they call it, mm-hmm. if we're gonna be fancy. I'm very excited for the
0: fall. Thanksgiving is like three three months away. Who cares about Thanksgiving? Mm. I, I do a lot, actually. I do. And the only
1: thing I care about this year on Thanksgiving is the Giants kicking the cowboys' ass. Other than that, right, I really don't, right, right. Okay. I really I don't
0: in what world that's happening? But sure, I don't really care about that. I they, wait, Christmas. they're actually they're actually playing on Thanksgiving. The Giants, yeah, four thirty at Dallas. Come on, why well, I'm is, why does the Thanksgiving lineup always have to be brutal? Can they make it like good games? Get the this Lions is good, off. Take this is them a off. good
1: game. This is a good game. But what, what's so bad about it?
0: Um, hmm. is it? It's in Dallas, right? It's always in Dallas. Yeah. What's the so promo going to be? Tyrod Taylor and the New York Giants. <laughs> coming into AT&T Stadium, like, no, nobody cares. Please stop.
1: Probably got a better chance of winning. Kenny Galladay. Anyway. Will
0: Kenny Galladay make a cut or will he just run in a straight line the whole game?
1: Hey, you got to watch to find out, right? Mm-hmm. And, all right. So we're going to obviously start with football, baseball in a little bit. You know, it's, it's the dog days of August here. We're getting towards September. So a little bit of baseball later on. We are going to start in the NFL, though. And we are in the swing of things. I mean, the the middle of the preseason. And usually this conversation comes around when we get to the middle of August, excuse me, late August, as we head toward the regular season. And that is, is the preseason really necessary? Is it worth the risk of injuries? We've seen a few big-time injuries happen so far. Zach Wilson, week one in in the first half of the Jets' first preseason game against the Eagles, he tried to make a cut. I don't even know if we talked about this. We were away for a little bit. Did we get to, I think we did talk about Zach Wilson.
0: Uh, no, we did not. We didn't. Nope.
1: So Zach Wilson, as we know now, avoided the worst and he's going to miss a few weeks, maybe week one. We don't know yet, but listen, injuries are not worth it in, in the preseason Kayvon on Thibodeau uh, just recently, last Sunday, avoided a big time knee injury as well. But the question stands, do we need the preseason?
0: Well, it depends. I mean, in a situation where, you know, you have your veterans, your guys who have been around for a while, they, they don't need their preseason. I think the preseason is is different from the way we think of it. I think it's not necessarily all about just getting the number one starters ready for the season. I, I don't think that's what about what it's about. I think it's more of a summer league crossover thing where – you're seeing a lot of these guys that don't have guaranteed jobs They're trying to make the roster. They're trying to avoid, you know, getting cut week after week uh, and, and you're going to see what they can do on a field. So I think injury wise, like it's football, injuries are going to happen. You know, you can't, you can't avoid it. You could try the best you can guys get hurt in OTAs and non-contact drills and everything. You know, these guys are testing their bodies every day to, to their maximum potential. So, I think that's going to happen. I think teams reduce risk of injury by not playing their starters four quarters, you know, in a in a preseason game. But you have to get some live action and you have to be in a competitive environment uh, against another team. So I, I think, you know, maybe the NFL, I think they probably did a good job by shortening the preseason a little bit, but. From this point on, I don't really see how you can make it better to to avoid injuries while also making sure people are prepared and making sure that guys are getting evaluated properly, to be honest.
1: You know, Josh Allen played in a preseason game. I think it was last weekend. It was against the Broncos. And I'm sitting there saying to myself, why is Josh Allen playing in a preseason game? You know, you want to start a guy like Daniel Jones or Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, and you want to start them in preseason games. I understand that. You know, they're not big stars. You have to see what you have. You have to see if they've learned the offense, especially if it's a new coaching staff or a new team for for the player. So I understand that. But Josh Allen should not be playing in a preseason game. So I get what you're saying because it is not worth the the risk of injuries, especially with these rookies. You know, Kayvon Thibodeau going down. I don't even know why he was in the game at the time. That's a discussion for another day. Zach Wilson playing in this game. Sure, you want to get him the reps. Football is football. You're 100% correct. You do need some live action against another team. I like what they do with the scrimmages. But guys get hurt. That's just what's going to happen. But I think you could really avoid it, especially don't play your star, your star quarterback in a preseason game. It's just not worth it.
0: Right. And, you know, that's like what you said about Josh Allen. He shouldn't be playing. I don't even know, like the Packers, for example. I don't even know if Aaron Rodgers has played at all. He might've played one series. You know, they'll probably play him more the last uh, playoff preseason game just to get them ready before week one. But if, if, if you're, if you've been to five training camps, 10 training camps, however many you've been to, and you're an established player in the league who knows what he's doing, knows the system, right. You've been with the team for a while. I think teams are smart to just, you know, be like, all right, sit on the bench, let these other guys get their opportunities because they know you'll be ready for week one and they know, you know, you're you're not going to be a step behind when the season starts.
1: It's very important for coaches, uh, especially first-year head coaches. If you have coordinators that are new, first-year coordinators, it's very important for them to get their feet wet, see what it's like in a real game action. But you do not need to have your starters out there. And also, obviously – it's great for, you know, if you have 90 guys coming into the preseason games, your bottom 45, your bottom 50 guys, you do want to see who can make the team, who's not going to make the right. team, who could be possibly a second or third stringer, you know, battle out on the depth chart on the lower Look part of Dak. the depth chart, though.
0: Look at Dak Prescott. How is yeah? It? Uh, one thing I think that fans do terribly wrong that we need to stop is like psychoanalyzing these preseason games and trying to like keep count of like well this team my team had eight starters on the field and your team had six so uh you know my team outplayed your team but does it is it really uh a good you know a case of my team's better or is it i just had five players on the bench and you only had three it's like dude can you stop? Just, who cares? Who cares? It's like, oh, my left tackle wasn't playing, but your right end wasn't playing. Like, how about it's the preseason, who gives a crap? You don't – guys are just having fun out there trying new things. You don't know what the hell's going on. They do that all the time. Coaches will put out a brand-new scheme or some, like, dummy defense in the preseason just to test things out and see how it goes.
1: Or you can be like John Harbaugh and play the preseason like it's – uh the Super Bowl. Right.
0: Oh, he's the best preseason coach of all time.
1: Yeah, it's it's actually it's I hey, mean, how mm-hmm. they try and win these games, and they were they're blowing the Cardinals out last Sunday, and the Cardinals came back and they almost broke the streak. What is it? Twenty two now?
0: Yeah, twenty two. That's crazy. It's like, it's like what we said about spring training. Like Kyle Higashioka had seven home runs in spring training. I don't. He doesn't have seven on the year yet. I don't think. IKF hit a home run like the second spring training game. It took him until August to hit his first of the year in the regular season. So, it's the preseason. Just leave it yeah. at that. It's the preseason.
1: Go, we're gonna make fun of this guy a lot tonight. Go look at Daniel Jones's preseason numbers. They're pretty damn good.
0: <laughs> preseason
1: so, merchant really shows you how much the preseason means. And again, the, the guys like Daniel Jones should be playing in the preseason. You need to see what you have. You right, need you to have see something to prove. If, Right. Those guys should be. And I just, it, it, I feel like it's so obvious. I I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw Josh Allen playing in that preseason game. I couldn't, mm. but there he is. Sean McDermott has, has him right out there facing the Broncos. Uh, okay. Let's move on to a quarterback competition that I think was not very interesting, but got a lot of media coverage. And that was Baker Mayfield versus Sam Darnold. Baker Mayfield was named the starting quarterback earlier this week. Uh, I think this is very unsurprising. It's the right move. Were you shocked at all?
0: No, not in the slightest. I think it's I think it's funny that they both ended up over there just from the connection they always had coming out of college. Um, but, I mean, we'll see what Baker does this year. I, I don't have high expectations. I think Matt Rule is the most obvious offseason firing we're going to see. I think unless that team has some um, – Miracle season. He's as good as gone. Um, off,
1: off season
0: or in season? It's a good question. Um, if they start out, you know, anything less than let's say in their first eight games, if they lose, if they lose six or more games, I think he's done.
1: Two and he's six, f- one and seven, first, out. First coach fired. Yep. They got a. They got a pretty impatient. General uh, owner over there, excuse me. Yep. So uh, this is Tepper is his last name. So he will make a move. I mean, they thought about making the move in the offseason, and for whatever reason, like last second, they decided on, no, we're going to give him another chance. Uh, I This roster has to be better than it was last season. I do believe, even though Sam Donald started the season out playing very well, they well, they start off 3-0 and then got blown out by yep. Dallas. Yep. This is an upgrade to me. Baker Mayfield, not only skill-wise, Personality wise, you got like a, a guy in there that's right. gonna rile up these guys, uh, rile up his team, get them ready to go. You can say what you want about make Baker Mayfield. I've killed him in the past. I don't think he's very good. I, I think that he had the perfect situation in Cleveland and did not live up to any sort of hype. But he's better than Sam Darnold, and he's definitely yeah. an upgrade. So they're kind of an interesting team just because they have a coach that could possibly get fired if they don't perform.
0: There's a ton of question marks on that team. I mean, I think the biggest one of them all, besides this, is McCaffrey. You know, can he stay on the field? He's played eight games in two years. So, um, Robbie Anderson, he's a head case. You know, he's, he he doesn't even want to be there with Baker. We already know that. He's made that pretty well known across social media. Yeah. Um, Would he
1: comment on like a, a fan page when they were interested in him and he said, please no
0: or God no? Yeah. Like what is he that comfortable with Sam Darnold? I guess he's just you know they go way back, so you know Sam's going to throw him the ball. No, they're boys, but it
1: clearly didn't help last year because Anderson was terrible. Nope. I, I was I was high on him in fantasy
0: because
1: of that well, he, connection.
0: And that yeah, and, and I mean rightfully so in 2020 when Teddy was there, he had a nice year.
1: Yeah. No, I uh, I I think I've said this before. I have a weird hatred for the Carolina Panthers. I don't know why.
0: Yeah. I don't. Big, you know Very what? weird. A lot of people love their jerseys. I'm one of the only people who doesn't like them.
1: And you you were at that stadium. You said it was pretty uh that, pretty that, mid, huh?
0: That stadium was extremely mid. The, you know what the problem is? The way they painted the seats pissed me off. It was like the 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 Carolina blue. I love the Carolina blue. Which is a nice color, but when it's spread across the entire stadium on all the seats, it 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 didn't really mix well for me, yeah, but the stadium itself, I mean, I remember I was insanely thirsty. It was like a hundred degrees uh, week one, um sweating my ass off uh, weak ass fan base too, by the way,
1: not really? surprising and
0: and uh, what is it? The panther they do like a the, the roar thing no what is it keep, oh pause on the chant keep pounding is their uh hmm. is their slogan so they get a first down and it's like keep pounding and i'm like all right this
1: yeah so keep saying that over over again
0: how do
1: you take how do you take yourself seriously by yeah. just screaming keep pounding yeah. every 10 minutes?
0: Yeah, I can't Please. imagine yelling, keep pounding with like my eight-year-old son right next to me. I don't know. I think I'd I'd stop right there.
1: What's nicer? MetLife or Carolina Stadium?
0: I mean, MetLife sucks. Like, Met the inside of MetLife actually isn't that bad. Like it's decent. But then again, it's nothing, like, immaculate. You're not like, oh, my God, this is insane. So I'd say there, yeah, because at least, like, outside the stadium was cool. It was cool how the stadium's, like, in the middle of the city in Charlotte. That was really cool. Like, you walked right up from city blocks. Um, They had – it was, like, a nice – I don't know. They had nice concessions, I guess you could say. But, like, MetLife has, like, nothing to offer. It's in the middle of a freaking swampland right off the Jersey Turnpike. The outside looks like, you know, something out of Star Wars, like something, it's just really, but not like cool, there's like cool Star Wars, and then there's like old Star Wars with just metal, it looks like a freaking glorified prison, MetLife Stadium.
1: <laughs> it's, in, it's in the middle of nowhere, but they have one of the biggest malls in America, mm-hmm. which is right next to it, and they got a racetrack with a sports book in it. Right next right next door. that's about it. That's the only thing that is at near that stadium. Yeah, I haven't been to other NFL stadiums. so like I can't tell you like what uh-huh. me- life is. I could just say from the outside, it looks like crap. It looks like yeah. a dump. they that that's obvious. You see the outside of other stadiums. I might be going to Philadelphia, uh, Lincoln Financial this year. I've heard very good things about the inside of that see? stadium as well, other than the people.
0: It's funny the way football works because I I was just about to say I think Bank of America was the first stadium I went to that wasn't MetLife for a Jet gamer for a football game in general. Right. Uh don't a Lambo this year though that's going to be hot. But yeah, um cool. with baseball like me and you have been to probably I think I've been to at least five other stadiums not counting Yankee Stadium or City Field. I think I've still been to like five other ones. Um but with football, like, I never think to, like, go on the road. Because it's different with football. Everybody's playing at once. You got fantasy. You want to watch Red Zone. You want to do this. Um, you know, it's – your your team is playing at the same time if you're not going to go see your team on the road. Like, you can't just – I'm not just going to be like, oh, let's go see Ravens-Titans in Baltimore this weekend. You're like, well, no, the Jets are playing at the same time. So, it's a little different.
1: Are you seeing Jets-Packers the Jets go there this year? Yeah makes sense yeah Yeah, they uh i was i saying to my friend today i'm like i look forward to sitting on my couch and doing absolutely nothing on a sunday just watching red zone whether my team's on or not i haven't wanted to watch my team in a while so just sitting there and being able to watch red zone is a great experience for me i don't have to leave my house
0: exactly and remembering all the assignments you have to do the next day too right there are
1: some days like I feel like this summer too. I've had summer just like you know what I, I do want to get back to, I'll go to like a game or two this year, whether it's a Jet or a Giant game, because it is a cool experience, like being over there. I want to tail. I don't. I don't tailgate though. So right. I want to experience that too. I want to tailgate. You know, yeah. drink some well, beers, barbecue, yeah, get I ready.
0: Get, I think from this point forward, I don't know if I've ever been like drunk for a Jet game. I think I need to start getting just severely intoxicated. Maybe it'll change our luck.
1: Well, most of the fans are anyway. I remember when we went to the we went to the Jets Patriots op- uh the Jets home opener against the Patriots mm. last year, and like it really opened my eyes. Like, holy crap, everybody is drinking. Yep, everybody is drinking at these football games, and we were sitting next to or, or near this this uh, dad and his son and they were both Patriot fans and you got people screaming, cursing all around us. I'm like, this is just not the environment no. for a child. No. Like baseball games, you can do whatever the hell you want. You can bring whoever the hell you want. Football
0: games are not that environment. Nope. Not at all. How many fights they had a fight in the Jaguars Steelers preseason game the other day, people just mauling each other over stupid shit. People, some guys got his, you know, his ass crack hanging out and, while he's, you know, getting dragged by somebody else, somebody's throwing haymakers. They're throwing soda over what? Something. What stupid?
1: could you be? What could you be fighting about at a preseason game? No like idea. That?
0: No, my third stringer is less mid than yours. Like, no, wh- what? What are you arguing about?
1: Right. Like, giant uh, Cowboys Eagles. Yeah, you expect some fights to break out. Right. Partly because both of the fan fan bases are idiots.
0: Oh, okay. but Glad you brought out the Cowboys. Having this discussion before, would you say the Cowboys are a prestigious franchise, a middle-of-the-pack franchise, or like a poverty franchise? Take the giant, take the, 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 the giant yeah. bias out of it as much as you can. Just yeah. the way they operate their franchise in general.
1: Definitely not poverty. What was the middle?
0: just like an average, you know. stand and
1: prestigious stand. was number the first thing. Yeah. You're going to be shocked on my answer. I, I'm going to say prestigious.
0: Okay. I would put them like in between prestigious and average because of Oh, if you could do that, then yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. I mean because like the stigma around them is their poverty because they're, they're what three and 10 over their last 13 playoff games. I haven't won a Super Bowl in like 30 years, but they act like they win it every year or whatever. Um, but they do spend money and stay relevant, and sell tickets and this and that. So
1: no, they, they've also drafted very well and they've put themselves in great positions. I mean, I, you know, the last few years when they've been bad, like really bad is only because of injuries to their quarterback. Right. So, No, I think you're right. Anywhere in the middle of prestigious to about average, that's where they are. If they added a Super Bowl in the last 20 years, I would say, yeah, they're prestigious, but they haven't, so I'll put them right below there. But they've done so many things very well. They've had a franchise quarterback for how many years now, since Romo to Dak. Mm -hmm. Again, the the way they've drafted offensive line-wise is is brilliant. I mean, if you could write a book on how to – draft an offensive line and evaluate offensive line talent, you would read it from
0: Did you Jerry Jones and his people. Did you see that stat about Zach Martin? Mm-mm. He has more pro bowls in his career than holding penalties.
1: That's crazy. That's crazy. Oh my God. That's the.
0: this. Sorry, this Whoa. is really weird coincidental news. Uh, I guess, I don't know if they're playing right now, the Cowboys, or if there was a practice, but it really, it mixes into Cowboys talk and preseason talk. Source indicates Tyron Smith's ACL is intact after initial review. So, I guess, wasn't he or isn't he just coming off an injury?
1: He, he's been banged up the last couple of years. He hasn't really played uh, full-time for them.
0: Yeah, so, you just avoided something really bad, I guess.
1: Again, to, to me, they're the type of team where they could just plug and play and it'll work. Mm. I, don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's their coaching. I don't know if it's their – just the way they've been drafting. I mean, it is that, but. They've just been so good with that stuff. Uh, what was it gonna say quick about Dallas? What do you what do you think of them this year? Just you know, throw it out there.
0: Um, I think people are kind of forgetting about them too much. I think everybody's really on this Eagles train.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I definitely think this division's up for grabs between the two of them. Uh, I don't think anybody really it's like theirs to lose. I mean, I know the Cowboys won it last year, but I don't necessarily think that it's like, oh, we were assuming either team's going to win it. Um, I'd say they get about 10 or 11 wins. I'd say 10 wins. I think, Okay. I think this is a, this is probably the most important year of Dak's career up till this date. I think it's where we're, you know, he's gotten himself to the point where obviously he's a well-respected quarterback in the league, but now it's like his like Derek Carr. We saw that with him a couple years ago. I think it's the same kind of thing where it's like, all right, let's go like enough of your pretty good quarterback. Let's see if you're a really good quarterback. So I think this is a very important year for him. Um, And let's see how he does without Amara Cooper. I mean, I don't think it'll be that much of an impact, but.
1: I'm there with Dak. Like I, I'm fully convinced. Obviously, I mean, I don't think it's crazy to say like he's one of the ten, you know, great quarterbacks in the league. I think the only question he has to answer is whether or not he could win in the postseason. If he could get them a win or two, get them to the the NFC divisional round, whatever it is, let's see if he can do that. I don't think they win the division. You know, I'm high on the Eagles this year, but I'm there. I'm there on Dak.
0: I think that there's a pretty significant drop-off because, I mean, what what do we assume? The Giants are the worst team in the division? Uh, yeah. A, a, a lot of people are – not a lot of people, but the commanders are getting a little bit of hype of saying this could be a sneaky playoff team. No. no. I think there's a pretty significant drop-off in the top two to the bottom two in this division.
1: Chase Young has heard he's not even going to start the year – um, I, I don't see it with them. Do you see this, Cavante Turpin?
0: Oh, the punt returner?
1: Yeah. So he's a former USFL MVP. He tweeted, like, I guess a year ago or something during the playoffs. He had said, if, the, if somebody in the NFL gave me a chance, I'm, you know, rewording it. You know, I would be, you know, I would lead the league and return touchdowns. He had a punt return touchdown and a kick return touchdown against the Chargers over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And that's such a cool story. I, I, he's going to make the team, I would think. And I, I, hope he, I hope he does. I like those stories.
0: I mean, that game alone, he should make the team.
1: And it's very impressive. I mean, you got to see these runs. If you haven't seen them, you got to go check them out. They were unbelievable.
0: No, very I, yeah, impressive. I saw, I saw both of them. He's crazy fat. He ran, he ran like a four two nine forty, right?
1: Yeah, something like something crazy.
0: And you know that's so, that's the the thing about these forty times, like you know that could have been an off day for him. You never know with these guys. Like he could he could really run a low four twos. You don't know.
1: Right. And uh, that's uh, it's impressive what he's doing. He's backing up his smack talk. That's exactly what he's I, doing.
0: I could give you a four four three. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Five three. Five three.
0: Just give me a little head start, maybe twenty eight yeah. yard dash. Yeah, you got it. Yeah.
1: Um. Anyway. And quick, Very quickly, very quickly, you see Pete Carroll uh, talking about his quarterback competition, says he could have two number one quarterbacks, two starting quarterbacks, Drew, Drew Locke and Geno Smith.
0: Well, yes, technically, if you start the game and one of them is behind center, they do qualify as a starting quarterback. Does not mean that they are quality starting quarterbacks. I mean, come on, Pete. I uh, Gino, that's my boy. Not really. I mean, dude sucks. But uh, former
1: boy, former yeah. boy.
0: Um, Drew Locke, you know, love that guy.
1: Mm.
0: Not a great football player though.
1: Drew Locke, of course. Um, so <laughs> they, uh, you gotta go with Drew here. I mean, at least to start off, like you, you know what you got in Gino. You you, you know what Gino's gonna I give know. you. See bit. see what Drew's got if he's any better then it's a plus. And if it's not, I can't believe this is even a conversation. Right. I mean, Geno Smith is a backup quarterback.
0: Where is this team going, though? Like, in the future, I'm just like, <laughs> it's not a typical – it could get really ugly. Like, they just extended DK, which, honestly, I didn't really understand, but I guess there could be a – you could make an argument for it. Like, they extended him. They're not going to – be contending anytime soon so it's like why are you even keeping him but then again by the time his contract is up it's really no harm no foul it's not like you're going to be you're not you're looking to contend anyway so you're not like digging yourself in a financial hole right now but wouldn't you rather maybe have explored a trade option and gone out and got something for him that you could you know put some assets for a future team together because i don't i don't see this team competing in the next two years at least
1: my best guess is that they are, they, they tried like they went out there and they tried to get something for him. And ultimately did not. And also they're most likely going to have a, you know, somewhat of a young quarterback you would think in the next three seasons. Right. So it's not the worst thing in the world. If that young quarterback has a guy like DK Metcalf to throw to, I'm not saying DK is all world, but it's not the worst thing in the world. If you have a rookie quarterback coming in and, and, having a number one receiver like that so i'm not gonna hate on it but i also i i understand where you're coming from but if the trade offers weren't worth it then why just get rid of them for free
0: true yeah i mean i don't think they would just give them away um but where i mean where is this team going like honestly i'm just i can't really figure it out like they're not very young
1: they're Um, not very
0: good no they're not very good I think, I don't know who their general manager is. I forgot his name. He's really got to answer some questions about that whole, well, not answer some questions, but he's really just got to be kicking himself about that Jamal Adams deal because you gave up two first round picks that could be impact players on your team right now that are, you know, getting yourself in this rebuild, making it a lot faster. But now you have Jamal Adams and, uh, He ain't so good no more.
1: No, he's not a very good player. And there's absolutely no way that he looks at that deal and says, oh, I didn't screw up. Plus. It was a a massive, massive, I'm blanking on the word I want to use. It was a very nice, appropriate word, but just screw up.
0: Look at this division, too. I mean. Loaded. The Rams just won the Super Bowl. The Niners are about to have the best defense in the league with a second-year quarterback that's probably going to have a pretty nice season. The Cardinals, I mean, I'm not big on them right now, but you can still see them being well, a good team. I mean, Kyler Murray is a good quarterback.
1: They are easily better than the
0: Seahawks. Oh, yeah. The Seahawks are by far the worst team in the division.
1: I mean, the Seahawks can probably go 1-5 one in one and in, in that division. This is going to be a 4-13 and 13 team. Yeah. That's what they are, and you, they're just gonna, I guess, start this rebuild now, when it should have been started maybe a couple of years ago. I mean, also, I'm trying to think of how did they didn't get many picks back either in the Wilson trade. How many picks did they get back?
0: Uh, maybe two.
1: Yeah, I, I remember being startled by that.
0: I mean, they got Noah Fant, but you know th- these guys don't don't stay on your team forever. Their contracts don't last forever. Um. Let me see now. I'm curious. I gotta look straight. But yeah, you're right. That that rebuild should have been started a couple of years ago. It was it was a limping team that like would barely make it to the playoffs. They were never really a serious contender over those past couple of years. Maybe that one not even no. Did they even when was the last time they won a playoff game? That game against the Eagles on the road, That was an Eagles team that shouldn't have even been in the playoffs. Yep. Um let's see. Uh, the Broncos have agreed to trade quarterback Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a fifth to the Seahawks for Wilson and a fourth-round pick. All right, they got more picks than I thought. They got two seconds and two firsts and basically just swapped late-round picks. Um,
1: Harris is not is a, just a throw-in. Fant is, right. okay, he's a solid tight end.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then the true Lock is true Lock. Yeah. Not enough.
0: Who knows? Not maybe, maybe, maybe they know something about Drew Locke that we don't.
1: Maybe. Maybe Pete Carroll will unlock something. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's uh, let's move on here. Let's do – I want to do this. I want to do our most improved teams, least improved teams, what we're thinking this year. Obviously, we're going to have, uh, you know, we're going to do records. We're going to do MVP picks, Super Bowl picks, things like that. But right now, just keep it simple. Most improved team record-wise coming into 2022 – least improved team you want to start most improved
0: sure i'll start i mean listen we got a couple options here right i feel like the so the way we're going to do it is you know biggest jump in win total from last year but this is a little subjective because you got like the ravens for example right eight wins last year right no that was bs a lot of injuries freak season so like they're a pretty safe pick for this sure i'm not going to say the ravens then you also have like the Lions, three wins last year. I think a lot of people expect them to maybe win six or seven games this year, same thing, maybe with the Jets. I don't really know if I'm believing in that and being a little pessimistic about them this year, but I digress. okay. Sure. My biggest jump, I'm gonna say, Be a little bold.. Mm, well like oh, I don't want to say it um say it. the New Orleans Saints wow I, I think i think a lot of people are starting to recognize that this team could be really good you have the coaching change right i think people want to look at that as a negative i think Sean Payton's a great coach but i think this is an organization that already has a lot of things laid down, a lot of experienced players in this organization, coaches who have been around there a long time. I think, you know, Dennis Allen is a good coach. So I'm going to say they they nine wins last year. I could see this team winning 12 games this year. I think that this division is up for grabs. I think the Bucs are going to be good again this year, but I don't think they're just going to walk to the NFC South title. Sure. Um, I I like the Saints. And I have a feeling I... Even though I said this on the break, I have a feeling I know what your team is and I almost picked them, but I'll let you say it first.
1: I got a few teams that I, I really like. And
0: before you say it, it's a team that you usually are, you hype up or you like have like a secret fandom for, but go ahead.
1: Ah, uh, if- he got it. I want to see if I'm right. Yep. He got it. So I, by the way, I like the Saints. I, I like the Saints. Over win total eight and a half. I think the Saints gonna make the playoffs. I don't know twelve wins, but I like the Saints this year.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm between. I could say the Broncos would be a chalk eater. I could say like the Chargers. I could, I could say the Chargers, who I love. I think Philly's gonna win two to three more games. Can I give you? You know what? So you guessed one of them. You, you guessed the Vikings, right? You, you guessed the Vikings. I do like the Vikings. I'll give you another one. I like the Colts. I think the Colts win more than nine games this year. I think they're in the
0: 11-12 win range. You want to hear, hear my crazy Colts? I like that pick. I think they have a shot at the one seed. Yeah. I, I think the Bills are great. But, listen, we know how the regular season ends up shaping up. The, the records don't always tell the whole story. I think with their divisional, you know, the, their division – playing those two crap teams twice a year. Um, I, I think they have a decent shot at the one seed.
1: Well, then you're gonna love this. Then guess who they play. Guess what division they play in the, in the NFC?
0: The East. They play the East. Of course, they do. So
1: this is setting up to be a nice schedule for them. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, yeah, they play the East. They play the East. Now, they have a couple of uh, hard games mixed in there. Uh, the Broncos, the Chiefs, they they got to play. They're going to play the Vikings, they're going to play the Chargers and the Raiders, so they're playing that whole division. But I like this. I like the way this is set up for them. I think 11-12 wins is not crazy.
0: Okay. Um. Sorry, I just got a little distracted. I was looking at the standings from last year, and it shows, like, the points forwarded and points allowed. The Jets, I mean hmm. – Three hundred ten points scored and five hundred and four points allowed. Yeah, the, the, I think
1: the biggest thing with the t- Jets this year, obviously, is going to be the the development of Zach Wilson. But Robert Sala and that defense—they they need to show something this year.
0: Yeah, that's the most points allowed by far from last year. Nobody gave up more than like four sixty-five. They gave up okay. five hundred and four. Wow. All
1: right, least improved team. I know. I know where you're going with this.
0: Yeah. Um. I think I mentioned it a little bit before. I'm going to say the Cardinals. I mean, they, they they didn't impress at all last year towards the end of the year. I mean, they basically limped to the playoffs. I think they got lucky in the middle of the year with that whole 8-0 run they were on or whatever. I mean, you know, it's not completely all luck. You still got to go out and win football games. It's not like you're uh, you're playing a slot machine, but... I, I don't see this, this team really much better from last year. Um I I think Kyler Murray's a good quarterback. I don't think he'll for a while, if not ever, reach that elite quarterback status. Um, which is not a bad thing. You can still be a good team without an elite quarterback, but I, I don't see I think Cliff Kingsbury is not a good coach. Um Yeah, I see this team winning seven or seven games this year. Maybe six, six or seven games. I know that's a little bold, but that's how I feel about them. I think they go from eleven and six to seven and ten. Wow,
1: I thought you were going to say New England.
0: That's yeah. I mean, that's another another one. But
1: I I like both of those. Uh, The team I'm going with, I'm sticking in the AFC South. I think the Titans have a big drop-off. I see the Titans. I mean, I, I I I I'm serious about this. I think the biggest win drop-off. I see them around seven, eight wins this year. You know, you you lose your number one wide receiver. Uh, what kind of weapons do they have on the outside? I mean, yes, they had Robert Woods. You're gonna be fully reliant on your running game, and rightfully so. You have one of the better running backs in football, but we saw Now, last season, he dealt with injuries. And there's only one way to bring this guy down. You throw yourself at his legs. Mm -hmm. These legs are going to start to wear out a little bit. So I'm going to say the Titans went around seven to eight games. They won 12 last year, about a four to five win drop off for me with the Titans.
0: It's not not a crazy take. I, I think I'm a little higher on the Titans than a lot of other people are um you know weird year last year oh, we forget they that was it the stat 91 different players and they got the one seed in the east uh in the afc somehow Yep. um i don't think i think if they do lose more games right if they have like an average season i don't think it'll necessarily be because of aj brown i think that first of all brown wasn't on the field all the time
1: no, and, and a lot the, of injuries.
0: The Julio Jones loss is like a wash to me. Like, I, I don't think they're really going to feel the impact of that. No. Got Robert Woods, got Traylon Burks, right? Two, you know, Robert Woods is a good established, you know, top 30 receiver in the league. And Traylon Burks could be nice, you know, first-round pick, obviously. Um, I think it might just be a matter of, like you were saying, Derrick Henry, let's see how his health is. Let's see if this offensive line – can get this running game going with maybe a different uh, more of a more, even more of a focus from defenses on your running game. Now that we see that Ryan Tannehill maybe isn't all that he was cracked up to be. Um, and let's see if the defense could play. It can play good. I mean, there it's been a little inconsistent over the past couple of years, been really good some years then you know, about two years ago, really bad. So we'll see. I th- I mean, I think Rabel's is a great coach. He'll, he'll keep them in it, but. I think this – I personally, I mean, like I said about the Colts, one seed possibly. Uh, I think this is the Colts' division to lose.
1: Right. I mean, Jeffrey Simmons on that defense, a very, very, very good player. But I'm not high on them. I'm not I'm not feeling them this year. And we're going to see soon. We're going to see very soon. I'm in the football mood. You know, this. this conversation here has me looking forward to even more. Oh, yeah. The autumn season. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get to some baseball. We had the Subway Series. We got some big-time milestones possibly being broken in the Major League Baseball as well. We're going to get to all of it when we come back after this.
0: The SD Podcast Channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture-style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sdpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts
1: to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. Episode 72. We are back. This is the Hardline Sports Talk. I'm Michael Merlow and I'm with John Michael Massiri. Time for some baseball in the dog days of August. We're getting close to September. Those races are closing in. Actually, only really one or two. But either oh, way, stop. it's getting tight. And yeah. we are ready to go. So let's start off with the Subway series. The Mets and the Yankees just finished off the Subway Series. Uh, it's a split. Again, it's like the 12th time in the history of the Subway Series it was a split. And uh, Mets won the first two in Queens in July. And the Yankees just recently took the final two in the Bronx. And, Jam, I think I'm ready to declare that the Yankees are back.
0: Well, I hate that you just said that because now the Yankees are probably going to go 2-8 and eight in their next 10. But thank uh, you for that. Um, yeah, I mean they played good for we're winning every game four-two now. That's our new uh our new recipe. Three games in a row, four to two. Um, you know, I just in before we get deep dive into the Yankees and how they're playing or whatever, the way the series was, it I feel like a lot of people on both fan bases try to be really negative towards each other and about other each other's teams or, or try to play cool and say like, Oh, we're not worried about your team or, you know, blah, 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 especially, especially Yankee fans. um, Where it's like, Oh, the Mets, you'll always be our little brother and blah, 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 blah. It was really cool to, it had a playoff type feel. Both series did 100%. like a hundred percent, a playoff uh style feel. And I'd rather have that. Then the Yankees be seventy five, have seventy five wins. The Mets are twelve games under, or vice versa. And you know, it's just like we're trying to make an artificial rivalry out of something. And it's not a, it's a different kind of rivalry, right? You have your rivals, your division rivals, your people you're battling up against every, uh, you know, all the time. And and it makes it uh, whatever they do is going to make an impact on the way your season goes, and you know what seed you get in the playoffs, and if you win your division, and blah 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 blah. But with the Yankees and the Mets, that that has really little to no effect on each other besides when they play each other head to head or the rare times they'll play their divisional their, you know, division opposites. Um, it's a different kind of rivalry. It's more of a representing, you know. Half my best friends are all Met fans, or even more right. than half, unfortunately. Um but it's, it's really cool. It's a, it's a friendly banter, you know, it gets heated, it gets competitive, and it's really nice to see both New York baseball teams just very competitive and playing at a high level against each other.
1: No, the first time they met in July, it was the first time that they they both were in first place at the same time and same thing happened again this week. It is really cool. It's something we've never seen before. And I was at one of the games at City Field. It was legitimately a playoff vibe. I mean, I've never been to a playoff game, but you could tell the energy in that stadium was very, very high, whether it was the Yankee fans, the Mets fans. And it's cool, you know, that you have the ability to have the stadium be, you know, 55 45, you know, where it's so close right. to even. But, you know, I'll just use, for example, when we were at City Field, when the Mets scored, it got incredibly loud, even though there were more. Of the opposing fans there than usual.
0: Right. It was just a
1: great, great vibe, and also it looked like a great vibe at Yankee Stadium. There were a ton of fans there. I mean, I think the Yankees had their biggest crowd for a regular season game since 2013, mm-hmm. uh in game one. So it was it was a lot of fun to watch and they were all competitive, very competitive games. All four of them were exciting games.
0: Right. Um, yeah, I mean, now if we want to get into the way you know the series went, I think. The Yankees did a great job, especially dating back to Sunday when they faced Manoa. Right, we all saw that graphic all over Twitter. They were on pace to to see Manoa, Degrom, and Scherzer. All Manoa, Scherzer, then Degrom ended up being Walker the, in the last game, not Degrom. But to win all three of those games is great. Those are even Walker's having a great year. Those are three great pitchers. Uh, Scherzer didn't have his best stuff on uh, on Monday. Uh, kind of made a mistake to judge, not a horrible mistake, but challenged him with that that sinker and then threw it again and almost gave it up, gave up another home run. He thought he yeah. did, thought he gave up one. Um, but one thing I really liked what I saw on Tuesday night is you were really starting to see all the Yankees trade deadline pieces in one game basically like come together and make an impact. I mean, Ben Nintendi got off to a slow start. He's been swinging the bat great lately. He hit that RBI single to take the lead yesterday. Hit an RBI double off of Scherzer on Monday. Um, Montes looked great. Struck out, I think, five Mets in a row at one point. Retired 10 in a row something like that. Um, Gave up that that double to Mark Canna was like one of the best pieces of hitting I've seen in a while, by the way. That Ken up and, is a
1: great high. He's a great high ball hitter.
0: Yeah, the other way, to take up and in, hitting it to right center field. I don't really know how he even did that. Um, but like I said, you're really seeing a lot of these pieces come together, making an impact. Oswaldo Cabrera, a call up for the Yankees, had a great at bat against Walker. Worked that walk with the bases loaded. Threw out Beatty at the plate. He's got five defensive runs saved in right field this year already, which is a little bit of luck that he's even had the opportunity to make that many defensive runs save, but that's insane. Um, so a, a fresh new vibe for this team the past couple of days, which is exactly what they needed. I mean, my God, the past month has been like, close your eyes. Don't even watch.
1: Yeah, but I thought Ben Attendee, the way he's been swinging the bat has been great the past few days. He's a guy that could hit one, two, wherever you want to put him. I would personally hit him leadoff. off. He could set the tone, get on base, steal a base, things like that. I'd also bat DJ second to just give Judge more RBI chances right now with the team reeling a little bit the way they were. Discussion for another day. But, yeah, I mean, the Yankee – you know what was very interesting? The Yankees played a little bit kind of like the Mets did. They were bunting guys over. They were stealing bases the way the Mets have been winning. A little small ball, I thought from the Yankees and well, the stolen
0: not... bases has been a theme for the Yankees. Right. They like has
1: been stealing bases, right? But either way, I love to see the small ball, especially in the American league, but even though it doesn't matter anymore, we're both right. the same league now, right. but either way, I was very impressed with the Yankees uh, the uh past few days. I said on Monday that the win on Sunday was going to get this team rolling. I stand corrected so far. I think this is going to be what gets them going though. And what the Montas first two innings, Montas has had these starts where he kind of gives it all up in one inning or two innings. And the theme for the Mets on Tuesday, the Tuesday night game was missed opportunities. And they did not hit with guys in scoring position. And Montas got into trouble early. First two innings.
0: And then, that slider to Alonzo. Yes. That when he popped up to Rizzo, yeah, that was one of those pitches that you're talking about. The Mets had
1: opportunities to bash him early and they didn't. And then he got away with those, you know, mistakes that he made, whatever, in the first couple innings, and then really settled in. It looked great from about the third, from the middle of the second on. So that was good. And listen, it's, it's huge for him. He's in a new city. He's on a new team. He needs to get it going and he settled into that game very nicely. His fastball was electric last night, and that split it was a split change splitter yeah. that he throws. Nasty pitch, pitch, very nasty pitch. So that was big for them. And Stanton's back, uh, Stanton's back Thursday. So mm-hmm. That's 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 big time too.
0: Yeah. Um, Stanton's back on Thursday. We'll see how he does coming off the IL. Sometimes he, when he comes off the IL, it looks like he doesn't know how to hit a baseball, but you know. Just glad to have him back in the lineup. Even just his presence alone is going to be great. Um, Yeah, I mean, eight-game lead still. We'll see what happens with the Rays here. Um, I don't – I was thinking about this today. Like, what what number – it depends how they get to the number. But what number does it get to where I, like, start sweating? Oh, please. I think it's, like like, four. I think four – and then let's say they got like a 4-3 or three game set against that second place team coming up. Very nervous. I don't think you have to worry about it. I really don't. Month I, left, really
1: month don't think you, I
0: really don't think you got to worry about it. I don't know, man. We just saw this team, you know, they 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 had a they've had nice wins now, but we just saw them lose how many games of the last 15 Were they Four and fourteen in the last eighteen or something like that. So the
1: only scenario in which I would get worried if if Toronto got hot, like really hot. That's it though. Oh,
0: so you think Tampa's not even
1: no, I wouldn't worry. I
0: think Toronto's more of a factor than Tampa.
1: I wouldn't be too concerned about Tampa. if if Toronto went on one of these like fifteen and two runs in the next seventeen then maybe and the Yankees were going around 500 and the league got to like five or six all right I get it you're at eight Tampa's the team in second right now I would just chill out I think the Yankees are going to be able to play 500 ball and 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 get to this division title and get the two seed here that that's what I think
0: yeah. I'll trust you
1: Yeah, I don't think you got anything to worry about. I don't know why you guys are stressing. I don't know why. Listen, they they were playing terribly, and for the Yankees' sake, nobody was taking advantage, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Nobody was taking advantage of the Yankees playing like crap Toronto or Tampa. So you're still in that same spot where it's an eight-game lead. You've got a big cushion. If you just play your game now the way they've looked the past few days, I don't think the Yankees are going to have an issue. And plus, by the way, when are we really going to start – getting serious about Judge and this Maris thing, because I want to see him do it. I want to see history like that. And it just adds to the intrigue of him becoming a free agent as well. well what, are we right. gonna a, what are we going to get to? What are we going to get to a point where we're doing live look-ins, and we're like, all right, let's yeah. see if he can do it here. Maybe what, I 55, think when, 56? When, he,
0: 56, yeah, when he gets like within five, I mean, what's the... Is, he's on pace for what, like 62?
1: I think 63 now after Tuesday night's homer. Yeah.
0: So he's at 48 right now. They're 76 and 48. So that means they are
1: at 30 something odd games,
0: 30, 24 games. games into the year. They got 38 games left.
1: Yeah. And remember he, he went a little while without a home run, like a week or so, right? I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah. his longest stretch of the year, nine games without a home run.
1: He hit two against the Mets in two games. He hits his home runs in bunches. He's a big slugger. So I wouldn't be shocked if he, you know, this week, weekend here, he went for three or four.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, if you want to go against some pitching staffs to do it, go out west in the warm weather and face the A's and the Angels.
1: Exactly. So we're, I think when he comes back home, we're really going to get serious about this. I can't yeah. wait. I love chasing history I, like this.
0: I just thought of a question for myself because I don't even know what my answer is. I don't know if if – I mean, they kind of go hand in hand, but let's say for whatever hypothetical reason, they don't go hand in hand. Would I rather have the 61, the break Maris' record, or would I rather have an MVP for Judge? It's close. I, I think I'm going to say the MVP just because, I know that might sound a little crazy, but the sting of him not winning it in 2017 and like the way that all went, I just want to see him win an MVP, like, so badly.
1: Is this a Yankee fandom thing that you guys care so much about these awards?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. You
1: know, like, I guess the Mets haven't really had an MVP candidate. And, you know, obviously I wanted DeGrom to win the Cy Youngs that he won. But I never got bent out of shape over them. I mean, at least from what I can remember. Right. And and I never was like, oh, my God, you know. He needs to win this. I'd rather the record. I mean, obviously he's gonna you know win the MVP and he has a chance of the record,
0: but I would rather that record.
1: That's cool. Like yeah. that's really cool.
0: Yeah, it is. I don't know.
1: Talk about the Mets really quickly, and then their foe is gonna be brought into this. They're playing they've been playing great. I mean, I I don't really think I can remember a time where they lost two straight games against a good team, and like I was just not concerned not phased right you know like they lost to a good team they're the mets are a very good team they've been playing incredible they just had a really tough stretch they played 27 games in 26 days they went 18 and 9 they went a week straight on the road against division uh, rivals i couldn't be happier right i really could
0: well now they're you know everybody's been complaining and i mean rightfully so to a certain extent uh that the Braves you know their schedule recently has been very easy the Mets has been the opposite they, they've been playing a lot of tough teams uh but luckily it looks like it's about to flip I mean the Mets have all these bad teams are about to play right they're playing oh, wow. like, the Marlins the Rockies the
1: Pirates twice the, the Cubs, Pirates the, the Cubs. Nationals twice yeah
0: so that should be a pretty smooth September for the Mets but are they done with the Braves? How many more series you got against the Braves?
1: Three more games against the Braves. Three more
0: games against the Braves. In Atlanta. a game and a half back right now, the Braves. Let's see what happens by the time that series comes up, if it's still around that number. But the God. odds show that the Mets should still win the division when you look at things from a strength to schedule standpoint. But, and obviously the Mets have the lead right now, but we all know how baseball works. Can I give you this stat? Go right ahead. Since
1: June 1st, okay,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the Atlanta Braves against teams not named the New York Mets are 50 and 14. Okay. Now, the Mets have the season series against them. I think they're up two games or something like that, season series, three more to play. How insane is that? And it's only like five or six or seven more losses added to the the loss total on the 14. And then, you know, like four or five wins added to the win total. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Their record. I don't care who they've played. It's unbelievable what they've done. And listen, their tough part of the schedule was April and May. And that's when the Mets, the Mets and the Mets fans were not concerned about them. A it was early. And B, they they were losing games. They were 23 and 27 June first. And now they've been unbelievable. They've played they've been playing the soft spot of their schedule for a long time now. They're all in listen, they've beaten the good teams mixed into there. But the Atlanta Braves are fantastic. And to think that they were just gonna go away in June or you know July. You were wrong. This team was always going to be great, and they scare the hell – they're the only team in the league that scares me. They're the only team in the league. I feel good against the Dodgers. I feel good against – Oh,
0: come on.
1: Anybody. You feel good against the Dodgers? I like my chances they're against anybody. the
0: floor with everybody, and you feel good against the Dodgers but not against the Braves? I like my chances against everybody. Come
1: Listen, on. obviously, I don't think it'll be a cakewalk against the Dodgers. But if the Mets They're and the Dodgers played five and thirty-seven, they just put up seven runs against Corbin Burns last night. If the Mets play the Dodgers in a seven-game series, it would go six or seven games and a coin flip at the end. That's how I feel personally. The Braves scare the crap out of me. I would rather play. Like Dodgers, You're saying that they're
0: your rival. is it, you is it because a they're
1: my, is it because they're my rival? Honest to God. I mean, I, the Mets went to LA, they split a series and they had nobody pitching and they had a lot of injuries. Sure was the middle of the year. The Dodgers were not as banged up as the Mets, whatever. And we'll, we'll see the series again, that the Dodgers come into town for three next week. So we'll see, you know, how that goes. But I kind of like my chances against the Dodgers over the Braves. That's how I feel. I look li- the mat matchup wise. How
0: about that? Matchup wise. Okay. Matchup. You don't wise. even know yeah. how you match up against the Dodgers, though. Like I said, you, you play the Braves 17, 19 times a year, or whatever it is. You play the Dodgers six times. So how are you gonna seven. know? Oh, I'm sorry, seven.
1: Well, I you know, I've watched the Dodgers play. I look at their team, I look at their roster.
0: And you say, no, we match up good against this team with their Star studded lineup and their shutdown rotation. Yeah. Gosh, pretty
1: shut down. R- crap? We got a shutdown rotation too. You think this isn't a shutdown rotation? Sure, their lineup's great. And they had Joey Gallo. I mean, what do you expect? But you know what's crazy? We talked about it early on too in like June or July. A lot of guys weren't performing how we thought. And Muncie's picked it up. And Turner a little bit. Justin Turner has picked it up a little bit. But there's still like there's still guys. I'm like, I look at the lineup. I'm like.
0: Chris Taylor's not playing well.
1: Taylor's no. not playing well. Ellinger's crap. Ellinger's crap. Freeman's been an MVP candidate. Betts has been an MVP candidate. Trey Turner's been an MVP. I forgot Trey Turner's on the team. Damn it. But either way. <laughs> I can't stand that guy. Oh, my God. I can't stand that guy. We'll see. I'm excited. And listen. Mets have been great. Mets have been great. But. Minus four fifty tomorrow. Tomorrow Thursday night, Grand pitching against Rockies. It's got to be the biggest favorite of the year. Eight uh, two, I
0: don't to think. Eight two Dodgers in the fourth inning right now. Just they're not scary though. They're no. I, I yeah.
1: like my chance. I'm not saying they're not scary. I'm saying that I would rather face. You the said Dodgers nobody
0: the Bra- scares you except the Braves. All right. Let me rephrase it. Okay, yeah, backpedal. Come on, work on the hamstrings here. Actually, no. No, nobody's,
1: nobody scares me. Not that I don't respect the opponent. Not that I don't realize how amazing they've been and the record they've had. But the Braves, to me, that lineup with all those guys. There is not a – Jim, they played – the Mets lost three out of four last week. The lineup that they put out, there's not an easy out in the lineup. There's not one easy out. There are guys in that Dodgers lineup where you're like, all right, there's a slight break from, you know, the Trey Turners and the Freddie Freemans and the Mookie Bettses. There's a slight break. There's a slight drop off. When you look at that Braves lineup, there's arguably no drop off whatsoever, one through nine. I mean, Vaughn Grissom has come up and he, you know, he's a young kid and he's played very well so far. And Michael Harris, who's been unbelievable for the team, bats nine. They have the most production out of their eight, nine hitters by
0: far out of anybody in the league. The one thing I will say, though, about the Dodgers is I think it's what you're saying, but the opposite, it's their pitching. I think that there's not really a guy who comes in the game where you're like, oh, all right, at least we got a break. This guy's so
1: Right. The bullpen hasn't been as great. They don't have, like, one dominant guy like they usually have. They don't have – I don't even know who's closing games. Kimbrel hasn't been as great. So their rotation, you know, it's like they plug in somebody and they're great. Gonsolin's been great. Tyler Anderson's been great. Dustin Mays back. Uh, Kershaw's in and out. I don't really know who's be the five right now, but yeah, I, I don't. I I honestly don't know how their bullpens, but I just know that Kimbrell has not been as great. And they obviously they lost Jansen.
0: I believe Cunha's having ten home runs in three hundred forty eight at bats. Very weird. Yeah. Twenty five stolen bases though.
1: Yeah, still scary. Anyway, what else we got? Mets, uh, Rockies, and Dodgers. Uh, I just keep seeing this from – this is dumb Yankee fan stuff, Mets fan banter. Oh, uh, DeGrom, DeGrom was scared of the Yankees. I love that. That was funny. Please stop. And I, fi- I finally figured out why they did it. Not that I figured it out, but I finally heard the reason why they did it. What? So DeGrom gets the extra day. You know, we got to, you know, coddle him. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, little baby. Oh, Yeah. And he could pitch against the Dodgers, too. He, he could bite the tears with his $25
0: million that he's making.
1: Um, <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, pitch, he'll pitch against the Dodgers against the Yankees. So the do Rockies-Dodgers instead of the Yankees-Rockies.
0: So. I saw the corniest tweet I think I may have ever seen before today. It was a Met fan. I don't know if you saw this video going around. It was, like, Yankee fans saying, like, you know, oh, thank God we're not Met fans, and just ripping on the Mets, whatever, outside Yankee Stadium, some like interview, you know, one of those things they interview all these. Yeah, fans. idiots. Yeah. Um, and some guy said like, "Wow, this guy really said, I, thank God my dad didn't make me a Yankee fan.' I mean, didn't make me a Met fan." And this other guy replied, and he was like, "Honestly, I'm glad my dad made me a Met fan because." The way these past years have gone, it's only gonna make it sweeter. So I thank him for putting me through all that misery. Because once we reach the top, it's just the fruit's gonna just gonna taste that much sweeter. It's like, bro, can you? Oh my god! Like you wanna, you wanna, you want me to get you some wine and cheese while you're writing this tweet? And like, you, 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 really, you want to put this in your diary? Give me a break.
1: I mean, yeah, if, he sounds like if, way too serious. Because
0: he's full of crap. Because I'm like, I'm a Jet fan, so I understand this perspective. If I, if you were like, would you rather be a Jet fan and maybe win the Super... I don't know if I'm going to be alive when the Jets win a Super Bowl. I mean, I hope to be alive for a long time. And I, I still am not confident that the Jets can win a Super Bowl in that <laughs> span. But... If you were like, would you rather have been a New England Patriot fan and see all these Super Bowls, or would you rather just – no, uh, pa- yes, Patriots fan, like 100%, not even a question. <laughs> or whatever, a, a Steelers fan, a Green Bay Packers fan, like one of these teams that is constantly, you know, winning a Super Bowl every decade, every 15 years or whatever, and is in, in, in contention every year, yes, I'd rather do that than see my team not make the playoffs since I was in sixth grade, you know, bringing my lunchbox to school every day. That's the last time they made the playoffs. Yes. Sign me up for five Super Bowls, please.
1: Yeah. No, like, I get it. Like, I understand what the guy's saying. Like, it will be sweeter. It will, it will be sweeter when you win, but like, don't say you'd rather it, you know? Like, don't say you'd rather lose and then, and then win. Like, that, that doesn't make sense to me. But yes, when they win, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be great. It'll feel great. All righty. Enough of the Mets and the Yankees and the Braves. Please, the Braves. They ever, ever cool off. Uh, Albert Pujols. Shout out, Albert. Uh, Albert Pujols is on some kind of tear right now, and he's coming close to 700. And he says he's not going to play next season, even if he's at like 699, whatever it is. He's at 693 right now. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, he gets seven more before the season ends, because that would just be sick. Shout out, Albert. One of my favorite all-time players.
0: You think we should do a random drug test on? Uh,
1: on no, no. No, it's he's good. Don't worry about him.
0: Think maybe they put the juice balls in when he's up?
1: Yeah, that, that's what they're doing. They want, they want him so badly to, yeah. uh, to Rob a,
0: Oh, we had no idea. Huh? We, we don't even know what goes in these baseballs. We only own the company. <laughs> um, uh, Speaking of juiced. Ah.
1: Fernando Tatis. Fun.
0: Look at that. Damn. Look at
1: Look at Tatis.
0: They don't teach that in school, Murray. That's a great transition right there. I
1: know if they don't. Anyway. You know, it's one thing to fall off your motor. It's one thing to ride your motorcycle as a, you know, professional athlete and risk your life and, you know, health. Then it's one thing to fall off of it and break your wrist and not play for, you know, four or five months. Mm -hmm. Then it's one thing to be playing soccer in the middle of the baseball field and roll your ankle and look like you tear everything in your leg, but be fine. And then get caught with steroids because you had a ringworm. Mm-hmm. Brandon, stay hot, kid.
0: What would Joe Girardi say in this situation?
1: <laughs> well, it's definitely not what you want. <laughs> definitely yeah, not what you um, want.
0: I mean, Clevenger is right in this whole interview saying he's got to grow up. I mean, it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. What I, they they need to have some sort of clause when these guys sign these contracts. Like they do. Can you wrap them in bubble wrap or something? You know, don't don't ride your motorcycle like an idiot, Fernando, or you don't get your three hundred million dollars.
1: Okay. There had to be some kind of clause where they could avoid this contract, and they didn't. You know, it was the first year. You know, of was it the first second year going into the the deal? They don't want to have bad blood, but like still, it's just it's brutal. This is brutal. And AJ Preller, you know, it came out and said. He said a few words, I'd never seen a general manager in any sport be so harsh on a player on his team. Like They are pissed. They are beyond pissed, as they should be.
0: Well, A.J. Preller is going to – he he moved his cards aggressively, and if they don't start working, then he's going to be in a little bit of trouble because that farm system is a little emptier than it was a couple uh, weeks ago. It's just – the Padres are 18 games back of the NL West, so
1: they might not yeah, the, even make the playoffs. The 10 games over 500, they lost a series to the the Guardians, and the the Brewers are a game out of their spot. You know, like what are we doing here? And listen this this is an Preller. You know, you want to you know praise Preller for being aggressive. Fine, we've talked. We don't think he's all that great. We think he's way too aggressive. Not only this move, but other moves in the past, but. He traded for Juan Soto, thinking that he was going to have Machado in this great team with Soto and Bell and Drury, all these guys for three. Well, I shouldn't say all these guys. He thought he was going to have Soto, Machado, Tatis for three pennant races. And now he doesn't have all those guys for three pennant races. He has those guys for two pennant races because Tatis was an idiot. Now, do you think maybe he doesn't do that trade? I don't know. I, I would say he still doesn't. But maybe you're not giving up as much, or you could have done the trade in the offseason and not given up as much. I don't know. It's a tough situation, and Preller, you're right. Preller better watch out because if they do not make the playoffs here, he's going to be in a lot of trouble.
0: the The Padres are as close to the L.A. Rams, I think, like their model when we want to, if we want to compare across sports, because you know the rams we know that they they when was the last time they even used a first round pick right they don't they don't really care that much about their future assets they go big they go for the big names and obviously it ended up working for them last year i mean you go out and get von miller and obj and you know you traded for Ramsey a couple years ago and you know they traded away brandon cooks i traded for matt stafford obviously that's the biggest one made a lot of moving pieces a lot of big moves right moving pieces and it worked out for them they won the super bowl if the rams didn't win the super bowl we're talking about the Rams GM, you know, what a failure, the, 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 future, you know, the Rams future a couple of years from now, I'm sure it'll start hitting them that once Aaron Donald retires or just starts getting old, I mean, he, he's flirting with retirement already, but whatever, enough about the Rams, the Padres, right. They're kind of adopting the same philosophy. And I think it's a, I think it's harder to do that in baseball just because there's more randomness and yes you know you players are streakier in baseball um you can't just
1: acquire all this talent and then expect the talent all to work at the same time it might not
0: i think every team sport is a team sport obviously but some requires a little more uh it's i think it's easier to fit into a new team in football than it is in baseball right because baseball you're it's just your individual performance and it's like all right I got to keep producing the way I was and sometimes that doesn't happen in new era, in in new places so Soto has been good for the Padres not like he's been bad his power hasn't really been there but his numbers are still good um but just because you add Juan Soto onto this team it doesn't mean all right this is the level we were at now we add Juan Soto we're guaranteed to be this next step that's not how it works so yeah, and this
1: their starting staff hasn't been as good, they traded for Hater. He's been brutal. Oh, they moved, moved him out of the closer role already. Right. I mean, it's, uh, not even a month after the trade, and they so, traded
0: away a good closer.
1: Yes, somebody that was working for them. Maybe yeah. not as good as Hater has been in the past, but something that was working that fit right. That it.
0: to me is out of AJ Preller, is a little bit of like a fourteen-year-old like trade move right there. Like I'm just gonna go and get the sexy name. And I, it's not really that necessary. It's a little bit of overkill, but like I want Josh Hader. I want that shiny toy that everybody wants.
1: I'm going to flex my muscle because I can. Exactly. And that's not really how to do business in baseball. Nope. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Bryce Harper is absolutely tearing Triple A up in his rehab assignment. Uh, he had two home runs Tuesday night, and tonight he went three for five, but they walk off two run double. So I think this kid Bryce in a is uh, ready to go. Mm. And I think that's going to do it for baseball. The uh, new schedule coming out next year, uh, you know, you're playing everybody. Yankees um, Giants.
0: Um, oh, that's day.
1: that's great. That's a great opening day series. Good by the MLB. Everybody plays the you know, Rob Jackie Robinson Day, they play 4th of July obviously. Everybody same day opening day this year. A lot more structure to the schedule. Obviously, with the lockout, it was tough, but a lot more structure to next year's schedule. And you're only playing your interdivision fourteen times, interleague. You're playing um, everybody, so we'll see what happens. And what I like very quickly, they like the like the Mets and the Dodgers, right? They usually play six seven times a year. They didn't take any of those games away for for the Mets to play, you know, the Mariners or right. somebody like that. So I, I do like the schedule. So good job, MLB. Yes. Love it. All right. That'll do it. Episode 72. Anything you got to say?
0: Nope. Just uh, Yankees, Giants, March 31st, March 30th. Really hope Aaron Judge is there for the right team. Well, he'll he'll definitely be there.
1: Now For which team? A little scary. We'll see. Uh, We'll talk to you guys next time.